Alrighty, hello everyone and welcome back to the Reformed Dissenters, the show where Reformed Christians dissent against popular ideas of culture by asserting a biblical worldview. My name is Bruce Johnson. I am joined today, as always, by my brother Jacob Johnson. Hello. He is in Pennsylvania. I'm in the wonderful state of South Dakota, and we are very excited to have you joining us today. It is Current Events Monday, so we've got a lot to talk about. If you have questions about some of the things we talk about on the show or you have current events you'd like to send our way, we'd of course love to hear from you and receive those current events. You can send them via email to trdshow at protonmail.com or you can go to our website, which is trdshow.net, TRD, that's The Reformed Dissenters, trdshow.net. And at the bottom of the homepage, we have a nice little form you can fill out to send us messages that way. So super nice. Also, we have a newsletter, so if you've been missing some of our episodes and not even realizing it, by the way, we have episodes weekly, three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and if you've been missing any of those episodes, we have a nifty little system to help you out. Sign up for our newsletter, trdshow.net slash newsletter, and you will be subscribed to a wonderful little email that'll make its way to your inbox magically through the power of the internet. Um... From actually our mother puts together our mom. Do people say mother these days? I don't know. Well, we're going to on Friday, that's for sure. But um, <laughs> see how wheedled that in. Um, our mom puts together the newsletter and does a phenomenal job putting that together. So you definitely don't want to miss this. trdshow.net slash newsletter is the website to go to sign up for that. It takes like 10 seconds. You don't want to miss out on that newsletter. So like I mentioned, today is Current Events Monday. We have so, so much to get through. And really what Jacob and I are going to be discussing happens to be along the same lines. Um, we're talking about a uh, a bill or series of bills or laws or uh, that's Jacob's side of things. So he'll be talking about that. But the topic is the LGBTQ movement and some fairly frightening things that are happening and also tying that into things that happened along the same lines several years ago or at the beginning of this year in another country, which kind of shows us the future of where all of this insanity is leading. We already have excellent examples, in addition to Sodom and Gomorrah, um, to where this insanity leads and where we're going to end up as a country if we keep going down this road. Uh, And we talked about this when we went through the Raymond Simmons book, Confessional County, the blessings and curses. When we are in a covenant with God, which all of us are, there are blessings and curses for doing either what he's told us to do in his word or not doing what he's told us to do. And so we'll be discussing some of the horrors that happened in other countries in addition to discussing some of the horrors that are happening right outside your front door. You do not want to miss this episode. Before we start digging into that, though, we have to do what we always do, which is discuss our verse of the week. We got a brand new verse or verses. I don't think... It's been a single verse in weeks, maybe months, that we've oh, had yeah. just one verse. <laughs> it's always at least two or three. It's um, like a, a paragraph of verses. Yeah, or yeah, just all, a bunch of verses. Yeah, but anyway, typically though, within like two or three verses, though, it is. It's not. Yeah. It's not really ever like ten verses long. Yeah, not always. Not ever really insanely overwhelming. Hopefully, um, 
But anyways, we have brand new verses for you this week. And our verse uh, actually comes from Psalms chapter 119. Uh, Let's see, verses 18 through 20, I swear I can speak. All right. And the verse says, open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of your law. I am a sojourner on the earth. Hide not your commandments from me. My soul is consumed with longing for your rules at all times times. And again, that's Psalm 119 verses 18 through 20. So there is so much here. And the unfortunate tendency of modern day churches, modern evangelical churches, um, Doug Wilson, it's kind of why we're going through this book, Mother Kirk by Doug Wilson, is because of modern day evangelical churches that want to throw out the law, that say, ah, the law is for Israel. We're in a different dispensation. And that's not part of what we are supposed to even examine today uh, or follow in any capacity. And that's utter insanity. Um, And as Paul says, you know, should we go on sinning that grace may abound? By no means. If we've been saved from that, why would we keep on doing the thing we've been saved to do? And how do we know what sin is unless we know the law? And here, you know, David, uh, the psalmist here is talking about, open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of your law. I mean, this level of respect and wonder for the law of God needs to be renewed today. We as Christians should be looking to the word of God and his law for ultimate wisdom. Can you imagine if, if the creator of heaven and earth who spoke all that is into existence, spoke it and, it and it became a reality, gave us a sliver of his wisdom, and yet we think that wisdom doesn't need to be read every single day and understood and comprehended by us today. That's utter insanity. The psalmist here had a perfect perspective on this. The wondrous things, we, we should be praying that our eyes are opened, our darkened hearts are shut down, are cleansed, are suppressed, and our eyes are open so that we can behold wondrous things from his law. Not to mention the fact that, you know, my soul, he says here, my soul is consumed with longing for your rules at all times. And that word rules can also mean just decrees is another uh, word or, or phrase for that is just decrees. That word could be rules or just decrees. And, you know, Elsewhere in the book of Psalms, um, David talks about my soul pants for your law as a deer pants for water. We need to renew this in the modern evangelical faith that the word of God is like gold to us. It is something we long for. His wisdom is something we treasure and we lay up our treasures there instead of on this, on this earth, in this world. Um, there's so much more that could be said, and I'm sure we'll be talking a lot more about this throughout the week, but Jake, was there anything you wanted to add before we moved on? I'll, I'll, I'll I'll wait for Wednesday. Okay. Sounds great. All right. Well then with that said, and without furthering our ado, I will pass it to you and, um, let's hear about what you're going to be talking about. Yeah. And, uh, this week, the articles I chose again are on, uh, same-sex marriage or transgenderism and LGBTQ, all that kind of weirdness stuff. Um, but, and this is specifically about, the, well, this first article is specifically about Pennsylvania, and then I, then I go broader into a bigger topic. But this first 
um, article, uh, the headline reads, Dr. Mehmet Oz would support codifying same-sex marriage. Ha! Now, no doubt. Dr. Mehmet Oz, right, is a Senate, can- Senate candidate for PA. He is, he's only a candidate. He is not in, he is not one of the senators yet. Um, who knows if he's getting in or not, but that's <laughs> he's exactly what I want to He's also Trump-backed, or backed yeah. by Trump. Yeah, right? backed by Trump. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. 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 The but, same Trump who, by the way, sorry, I don't mean to inter- interject or interrupt, but the same Trump who supports LGBTQ mm-hmm. and gay relationships and yeah. LGBTQ Republicans. Yeah, that same Trump yeah. is the one who also supports this sicko. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yep. But Dr. Mehmet Oz has said that if he gets in, right, he would support a bill that would codify um, same-sex marriage as a law. And this is not as a law in Pennsylvania, but as a federal law Mm. across the entire country. Wow. Wow. Now, right, yes, obviously, homosexuality is wrong, according to the Bible. But why, over any other article this week, did we choose something that we've kind of talked about before in earlier episodes? Well, the reason... Uh, this is scarier than most than just more Romans one debasement in our culture. If homosexuality becomes law, then preaching against it would be the same as going against the law. Mm. Yeah, and would cause serious problems. You know, I I don't need to explain the ramifications. Oh, and I'll be that. addressing more of that along the lines. Mm-hmm. Uh, next yeah, as well. Bruce will show exactly the ramifications of what happens. Yeah. Um, it's not pretty. Yeah, no, no, it's not. But again, this this is another tactic that is being used uh, to attack the church without making it seem like they are intentionally attacking the church. Hmm. Um, but for those who think that, oh, this is only Oz who's saying this. No, no, <laughs> this is... The majority, this is a lot of Republicans who are saying this, which leads me into my second article, which says 400 plus Republican officials sign letter backing gay marriage. Wow. 400 yeah. plus. Yeah. Wow. Um, and again, this is backing. So this is the Respect um, of Marriage Act, I think. Um, that's not exactly. I don't know if that's exactly it, but it, it's something to that effect. So it's not mm. its not like it's openly saying, oh, we're codifying, you know, gay marriage. It's <laughs> not anything like that. Yeah. No, it, it's literally, it's like a, a respect for marriage act. Mm-hmm. Like, it's anything uh, but. Yeah, exactly. It is a dismantling of marriage act. Right. Yeah. But again, over 400, right? That is a big number. Over 400 <sighs> Repu- Republican officials want to codify this, mm. which I think speaks to a bigger issue. Yeah. Right? And this is why I think Fetterman, who is the Democratic candidate, should win. Whoa! You just, you just went there. Yeah. Okay, that just, that just happened. Yeah. And, and now, <laughs> before audience outrages, let me explain. <laughs> the Republican Party, for a while now, 
has failed to provide good candidates for office. But, of course, the people who are Republican, instead of calling for better candidates, instead of stop voting yeah. for those bad candidates, they instead look at the R and just vote the R. Which is like giving candy to a child who refuses to do the dishes the right way. <laughs> instead, we should put the child in a timeout. <laughs> yep. The big R machine, right? And to clarify this this uh, illustration here, the Republican Party is a child, right? <laughs> is this petulant child that we're talking about here? Yep. The big R machine, right, is the Republican Party, needs to feel defeat from its own side mm. in order to wake up. Yes. And yes, this does mean we do not win this battle. But in the short run, and we do not win this battle in the short run. But... It sets up for a Christian victory of the war. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And I don't know if you're going to get into this, um, if you're going to get into the voting for the lesser of two evils at all. Um, well, I, I think I kind of just did. You did. You I opened mean, that can of worms up, and I'd love to discuss it actually just a, a little bit further unless you are going to... No, I don't have... I wasn't directly going to discuss okay. it. I, I well, think... Well, you know, and we brought up Trump earlier and i think it's just a it's a it's a fantastic opportunity to break this down because i cannot tell you the amount of christians christians mind you freedom loving conservative christians who live here in the state of south dakota here in a state where if you have a democrat sticker on your car people turn and look at you like what are you doing here you're this is weird here in the state of south dakota where almost everyone is Republican of some variety. And if you're not, it's really weird. <laughs> it's highly yeah. unexpected. Um, which, which yet, I mean, one would think is a good thing. Uh, you want, one would think so. And then you get this. You get vote for the lesser of two evils. They are playing a game. They don't realize the seriousness of their own vote and the seriousness of who they are putting in office. And they don't realize that God takes that very seriously. To vote for someone just because they might do one or two things. They might give us some good judges, right? That's their excuse all the time. And Steve Dace talks about that a lot more on his show, which is, which is phenomenal. We need more people talking like that. But to vote for someone like, for instance, Ron DeSantis who seemingly gives us great principles, right? But is not a strong Christian. He is not someone who states that he is a Christian publicly, consistently, mm -hmm. and bases his policy on that and is outward and is open about that. Right. That, we, we cannot sacrifice for that. We... We don't understand as Christians the importance of the people we vote for and the importance of holding them to a higher standard and not just voting because they're the lesser of two evils. And you I think the important thing is here is that the Republican Party is not giving us that, mm. right? Yep. What, what I'm trying to state out, what I'm, what I'm trying to bring up is that the Republican Party is not giving us any good candidates. Yep. Exactly. The Republican Party is giving us the likes of Mem and Oz. And we'll still vote for them. <laughs> yeah. 
No, yeah. yeah. And They're giving us saying. that because they know we'll vote for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why Fetterman should win. To tell the Republican Party, hey, you're doing a bad job. Yep. Yep. Start doing better. Exactly. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Get better soon, Card. <laughs> He's not sick. I just wanted him to get better. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought he could do better. That's funny. Um, yeah. Yeah. And there's so much more that we could we could devote an entire episode. And in fact, maybe that's an idea for a topic Friday sometime. Are all the cases in the Bible and making a biblical case, which can very easily be made against voting for the lesser of two evils. That as your policy in life, voting for the lesser of two evils is a dangerous, dangerous place. And it prevents you, it, it, it stems from your view of the future. If you're voting for the lesser of two evils, just so that you can keep it like, you know, it's a house of cards and you're trying to prop it up for as long as possible until you die so that then, great, we're gone. Or you're just propping it up and you're just like, Christ is coming back soon. We don't need to make this nation solidly Christian. We just need to hold up the infrastructure until Christ comes back because I want to live a cushy lifestyle. Like if that's your motivation, if your motivation is not to fundamentally transform this, this earth, this nation, your town, your county for Christ, if that's not your mission, then it makes perfect sense to vote for the lesser of two evils because you just want to prop it up until Christ comes back or you die, whichever comes first. (laughs) You're not thinking about the future. You're not planning for the future. You just want someone like Ron DeSantis who will kind of keep it free and cheap for you to live. I don't want Ron DeSantis as president. I want a Christian person as president. I don't want someone who gives me good principle or good, uh, you know, economics or, or policies. I want a Christian president. That is what I want. Yeah. So and that's, and that's what we're saying. If when we say lesser of two evils, we're not making a standard that is based off of the Republican party, right? We're basing a standard off of we're we're saying someone who isn't an evil or who is a good person is someone who assumes in the beginning God. Yes. Right. Yes. That's what makes someone good. Yes. It's not this arbitrary system that every Republican voter, every single person has that, oh, evil is just if they're okay with abortion. Right. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. They could they could be they could be a person who is hard against abortion, but do it for the wrong reasons. Yeah. And they're still evil. Or for instance, to take a more um, familiar thought exercise. Evil is not someone who wants to shut down the government schools. Like most Republicans today will say that that, how could they, how could they shut down the government schools and close them down? Our kids had to be home with us. It was horrible. It's like, first of all, why did you have children? Second of all, um, they just did you a favor by sending your kids back to you. And putting the onus now to train them back on you where it should have been in the first place. It's just one example. But it's an example of our hypocrisy in the Republican Party. We have no idea what a Christian culture actually looks like. And so when life suddenly is uncomfortable for us, like we actually have to manage our own children, we freak out. And we're like, that has to be evil, right? It inconveniences me. (laughs) we're so backwards as Christians, of course the culture is going to be backwards. So with all of that being said, 
Um, did you have anything else to add before I moved on? I didn't want to cut, cut you off or anything. No. Okay. No, yeah. So anywho, Mehmet Oz. I finished. I finished when I when I end when okay. I stopped talking about the war. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, all of that being said, that bill that Jacob was talking about a little bit earlier that Mehmet Oz is would vote for and 400 plus other Republicans would as well, um, is frightening. And in case you thought we were making a mountain out of a molehill, I would like to discuss something that's been happening in Canada this year. Oh, Canada, right? It's a nice little cozy place. Nothing happens in Canada except for horrifying vaccine requirements <clears throat> and trucker convoys and pastors getting arrested. And oh my goodness, I guess a lot's happening in Canada. Odd. So our research team did some digging into a recent bill that passed unanimously, okay, unanimous, unanimously passed in Canada, which prohibits people from asserting a biblical worldview as it pertains to marriage and gender. So the headline I'd like to read, I have two. First headline is actually from uh, January 17th, 2022. So this is a little bit older, but it's the beginning of this year. The, the headline reads, Canada threatens pastors for teaching biblical sexual ethics. Um, so apparently, direct quote from the bill, um, or from the bill, yeah, uh-huh, from the article, Bill C-4, which bans conversion therapy, became law in Canada on January 8th of this year. And conversion therapy, we're going to get into a little bit later, but it's literally, it boils down to any time someone is trying to, uh, or, or, or yeah, someone is trying to be a therapist for someone else who is trying to live a disgusting lifestyle, is trying to lop off parts of their body, is trying to be a different gender than what God created them to be, and someone is trying to coach them through that and say, hey, let's figure out why you're trying to do this, see if we can help you so that you don't mutilate yourself beyond recognition. Apparently now that's wrong. Um, so apparently this bill says that, and it's a quote, any effort to persuade an LGBT person to accept their biological sex or change their sexual orientation is harmful to LGBT people, end quote. Yep, it's come to that in lovely Canada. So the article brought up the point that this goes directly against the Canadian form of our Bill of Rights. And uh, in Canada, they call it Canada's Charter of Rights and Freedoms. So it's like the Bill of Rights in Canada. Um, this bill goes directly against that. And yet, it still passed unanimously. So legally speaking, they shouldn't have been allowed to do this. And yet they did. That just shows you that the enemy... And believe me, this is this is an attack on the church. This is an attack on God, on Christ and his kingdom. Ultimately, it will fail, but we're still called to fight against it and see it as an attack. See it for what it is. The enemy doesn't care legally anymore. They don't care. They're just, they're brazenly doing this, whether it's legal or not. Unanimously passed this bill with zero legal ability to do so. Um... Adding to this, the bill says, and here's another quote, any belief that being heterosexual and embracing one's biological sex, so, you know, being a regular human being created in the image of God the way he created us, any belief that being that way is preferable to being homosexual or changing one's gender identity is a quote-unquote myth. So now they're trying to propagate the idea that it's a complete myth to say that you'll live a better lifestyle if you live the way God created you to live. 
It's a complete myth, according to the Canadian government, that your children will be raised better and nurtured better if, you, if they have a mother and a father. It's a complete myth, they say, to say that if you were born a man, you should act like a man. And if you were born a woman, you should act like a woman. This is a complete myth to them. When the word of God is not your foundation, regular principles of reality like this become myths. You have no ground to stand on. Morality is a myth to them. Reality is a myth to them. They have no ground to stand on now, and they are making that plainly, plainly obvious. Uh, the article goes on to talk about how the new law bans any form of therapy which attempts to help people remain the gender they were born as. Utter insanity. This is where this goes. What they're doing in Pennsylvania now, Memedaz supports. What they're doing on a federal level in America now, that 400 plus Republicans, Republicans, which are going to, there are saviors, right? They're Republicans. They support will lead to this, an inability to speak out against this. Speak out against it and you'll go to jail. My next headline says pastors face up to five years in prison under new Canadian law against biblical sexuality. So the article includes a quote from Andrew uh, DiBartola, which is a, a teaching elder of Encounter Church in Canada, where he says, here's his quote, as of January 8th, 2022, it will be against the law to preach, teach, or counsel regarding God's design for marriage and sexuality. It will be against the law. They could face up to five years in prison for preaching against denying reality. Um, pastors all across Canada stood up on January 16th, earlier this year, and preached sermons against the LGBT movement, reasserting the biblical definitions of marriage and gender, which, great. That was fantastic. It kind of seems like a uh, Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego moment there where they stood and, you know, prayed on their knees by their window three times a day, whether they were allowed to legally or not. This is what we need. More people, pastors, churches, church-going people doing exactly this. Having done that, many of them are now liable for civil penalties under the new law, so we'll see what happens. Keep praying for them. The article quoted Michael Thiessen, which is, he's a, he's a pastor at Baptist Church in Ontario and a leader of the Liberty Coalition, which sounds kind of cool. Um, and this guy, Michael Thiessen, said, we think that the radical slash uh, radical gay slash trans activists want Canadians to acclimatize to the new law so that individuals will be dull and unresponsive when charges are laid on selected outspoken individuals. So basically, Canada, uh, Canada, yeah, Canada is waiting for the right moment. They're waiting for the right moment to start arresting pastors en masse. They want the Canadian populace to be even more numb to the idea of pastors being arrested for preaching biblical truths. So they're playing the long game. Why aren't we? They have enough sense to wait this out, to put the bill in place, let it sit there, let people accumulate enough points against it, let pastors, every time they preach against it, there's another point, there's another point, there's another point, and then finally, maybe four, five years down the road, they round them up. They say, hey, four years ago, 
we had this law that passed unanimously. You've broken it 70 times in the past four years. You're going to jail. And by that point, things will be laid, the culture will be set and primed, and that will be completely accepted. Will it? Hopefully not. But we'll see what happens. Given the way things are going right now, it probably will. None of this is new. And I'll wrap up by saying this. And then, Jake, I'd love to get your thoughts. We have about two minutes left. But I'll wrap up by saying none of this that's happening right now in America, in Canada, all over the world, China, you name it, None of this is new. We've seen this occur so many times throughout history. During the time of Daniel, him and his friends were either thrown into a lion's den or thrown into a furnace to be burned to death because they refused to worship anything or anyone but the one true God. We were given a brief respite and we wasted it. We were given about 50 to 60 years in early American history and we wasted it as a church. We wasted no time diluting our doctrine and throwing out any sort of solid doctrine in the church. Rather than continuing to push forward the kingdom of God, the church grew complacent. What's happening now is the inevitable result of that complacency, and it will only get worse unless the church wakes up and starts preaching the whole counsel of God and the people who are called by God's name turn Repent of their wicked ways. He will not heal our land unless we do that. All right. That was a bit of a long monologue. I'm sorry. Anything you would like to add before we wrap up, Jake? Yeah, adding on to that, I mean, it doesn't just stop. I mean, it's it's not like we can say, oh, it's just going to get worse and worse. God will come back, fix everything, and we'll be done. Yeah. No. You'll have to continue in this yep. until we bring the kingdom of God back. Yeah, until we do what he's called us to do. So yep. you're just going to be waiting inevitably mm. for something that's not going to happen. Yes, and it's not just you. It's your children and your grandchildren right. and your right. grandchildren's children. This will have long-lasting repercussions. And when they inevitably have to fight back... Who are they going to blame? They're going to blame us. They're going to blame the generation that failed. We need to think about the long-lasting repercussions of what we're doing today by not standing up against this. All right. Well, thanks, Jake. Um, Appreciate the extra uh, research you put into that. Hopefully, this will spur some people to action, cause them to start researching this a little bit more. And as we always say, go to your pastor. If he's not preaching against this, either find out why and ask him if he will start or find a church that is. I mean, that's kind of why we're, we've are we been going through the book Mother Kirk, yep. right? Because yep. we want you to see, even though it may not directly, because it's talking about pastors and what yes. pastors should be doing and what a church should be doing, what a church should look like. It's not necessarily for you to say, oh, wait, but I'm not a pastor, so none of this applies to me. Right, but now you know what a pastor should look like. Yep. If your pastor isn't doing that, go tell him. Exactly. Exactly. Yes, indeed. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I don't do this very often, but I do think that, you know, I found this, this verse in Hebrews, lovely little verse. 
And I, I thought I would just take some time and just read it really quickly before we wrap up. We only have about a minute, minute left. But um, Hebrews chapter 5, verses 12 through chapter 6, verse 2. So not a ton of verses. It's actually fairly short. Um, but it says, For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again. The basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. Therefore, let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ and go on to maturity, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God and of instruction about washings, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. And it goes on. But the important part of that verse is that we, we, we need to stop laying the foundation over and over and over again. It couldn't be more clear in this passage in Hebrews chapter 5 and 6. Stop laying the foundation. Get to the meat of the word. If you keep telling Christians, you are born, you are born, you're a new creature in Christ. Congratulations. See you next week. What are they? This is the result. A culture crumbling because they don't know what it means to be a full mature Christian in Christ. So of course they're going to still be baby Christians. You can have a Christian who's in a church for 30 years, but if the church doesn't tell them how to grow and be a mature Christian, they will still be a baby Christian. We need strong churches now more than ever. This will not change until more pastors start reading passages like this in Hebrews. Wake up and stop just preaching a fundamental limited gospel message every single Sunday. And with that, thank you all so, so much for listening to us today. We appreciate it. TRDshow.net is the show website. Show email, trdshow at protonmail.com. Send us emails. Looking forward to seeing you on Wednesday when we break down the next chapter in Doug Wilson's book, Mother Kirk, Essays on Church Life. Again, thanks so much for watching. We'll see you on Wednesday. And remember, in all that you do, do it as unto the Lord. <laughs>